I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast, Podcast. where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 133. And today, for the last episode of the year, we will tell you more about that later, it is Terry's turn to share something with us. What have you got for us today, Terry? Well, Daisy, in the past week or two, I have become a little bit obsessed with listening to Angela Duckworth. Don't know Angela Duckworth. (laughs) Who is Angela Duckworth? Some people might be familiar with her. She does a lot of research and presenting, writing about grit. Uh Uh-huh. She is a psychologist doing research on the topic. So I've been listening to TED Talks and some other things with her. And so I found an episode of the Jordan Harbinger show about how to grow your grit. (laughs) And I thought, oh, great, because that's the topic I've been kind of leaning into. So She said that she chose to research this because she's been a believer and follower of this concept for a while, but realized that they were starting to gather data that actually could be applied and help people to develop grit. As we've learned more about it, it's not just this, yeah, do this thing that's out here, but that, you know, her research was starting to make it a applicable thing that people could learn how to do. And if you listen to the TED Talk or you listen to this episode, or maybe even you've had this debate before with people, it goes back to this idea that success or what you accomplish in life really depends less on your talent and abilities and more on grit. And I think this is especially important because so often when we run into something that's challenging, many of us say, oh, wow, if I watch Venus Williams play tennis, that, you know, she's so good. I can't be like that. So we don't work at Mm. it. And she actually talked about this in this episode, the idea that sometimes we kind of cut ourselves off before developing a skill because we already see it as someone is so good at it or we admire this person so much that we can't possibly do that. And it's almost like letting ourselves off the hook in a way, but it it doesn't help drive us forward. So the whole idea really is to use this concept of grit and recognize that if we can work on developing that, we have better opportunity to develop our skills and achieve the goals that are important to us. So in order to talk about grit and how it compares to other pieces or other terms that we might use, she broke down some definitions. And she said, first of all, as people talk about this, they often use the term talent. And her definition of talent really refers to how quickly or easily you learn something. So if you play the violin and you pick up on it quickly or easily, that demonstrates talent versus if I take much longer to learn it or struggle more with it, you have more talent in that. She talked about effort being the quality and quantity of your engagement with an activity. And then she really started talking a little bit more about how she defines grit and would use grit. And she said that 
for many of us, when we think about long-term goals that they, you know, they take more than 10 minutes to achieve. They might take weeks, months, probably even years that grit is, it's a matter of showing up and continuously trying to make progress. And that grit is the combination of passion and perseverance for those long-term goals. And as I was listening to this episode, I was thinking a lot about my work coaching clients and even my work prior to that in being a therapist that I did see and I do still see many people get discouraged because they struggle with that perseverance for that long-term goal. Mm. And so this is, you know, brings in those conversations of finding your why and knowing your purpose. And you and I have talked about these topics from various people, but recognizing that that's so important in achieving our goals and committing to that long-term perseverance. Yeah, it's a good word, isn't it? I always, you know, you think of with grit and determination and gritting your teeth. Mm -hmm. You just got to grit your teeth sometimes to get through it. And it is, you have to have that long-term vision to be able to do that. It's, it's like the James Clear stuff, isn't it? The, you know, thinking about the, the short-term and the long-term, the long-term gains for the, you know, some discomfort in the short-term and all the rest of it. But that, yes, grit, I think is a, is a good talent where you can feel it, mm -hmm. the, the grittiness of it, the grit that you mm -hmm. need to get through. Brene Brown talks about grit a lot, doesn't she? And interestingly, in certain places and research that she's done, looking at athletes, looking at cadets at military academies, you know, very complicated situations where things are very difficult, they find that if they measure people's grit, that those who score as grittier persevere longer, get through the, you know, get through the academy, get through their PhD program, whatever it is that takes this added piece. It's not just about talent. It's not just about mm -hmm. raw skill. I think one of her studies that she talked about was at West Point and talked about how often cadets drop out early and they can predict it based on their grit scale score. So I thought that was really pretty interesting. I'd be interested to know how they measure that. How do you measure your grit? What's yeah. a grit scale? <laughs> um, I think the way it was described in here, I didn't go look it up yet, but that one of the things they have you do is actually describe someone who you see as having what might be considered grit. Right. Because oftentimes people misreport their own. So um, I, I have to look that up, Daisy. Because I was actually thinking, hmm, wouldn't that be fascinating to use at work? I could help predict mm. how mm. clients are going to do. Just do this little test yes. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so again, kind of going back to her definition that grit is based on two things. It's really about your passion for your long-term goals and perseverance. And she said that passion comes from interest. Like you won't do something if you don't have interest in it. She says, I'm a psychologist studying this because I'm really interested in understanding mm. how this works and understanding how people work. I mean, you can make yourself do anything for a limited time, but... That's right. Limited. <laughs> That's right. But if you want to persevere, if you want to mm. do it long term, there has to be a certain level of interest. And then 
The next piece that she said was really important is purpose, that passion comes from also having purpose. And she talked about that being ultimately other-oriented. Because if she said, you know, I want to research this so I can write another article. I want to research this so that I can, you know, just benefit in some way that that tends to fall through at some point. But that really, once you can connect this purpose to other focus, that she can talk about bringing this knowledge to other people and helping people to get through complicated things, this really gives her that sense of purpose. And then in talking about perseverance, she said that this is the capacity to do daily practice to get better at something, to improve over time. It's about having resilience so that you face setbacks and having hope. So having that resilience and hope is really important getting through tough times. And she defined in an article that I read that really passion and perseverance combine into kind of a a push-pull factor system. So passion pushes you to engage in something. It pushes you to keep going. And perseverance pulls you through the tough times or the setbacks. Mm. So this passion and perseverance are really important components of grit. She used this analogy too. She said, you know, as you really think about it, life really is a marathon. It's a long race. Mm. It is not a sprint. And grit is really what keeps us in the race, doing what it takes each day. And the idea that those who are really likely to experience success and feel successful at things have found a way to focus on improving, not just reaching a goal, but improving, getting better at it, and that they're able to, and this goes back to so many other things you and I have talked about, but being able to measure the small improvements as valuable goes back to tiny habits and atomic habits and and everything, being able to celebrate those steps. And we've spoken before about tapping into those memories of when you have achieve something that you thought was going to be difficult and it came from that perseverance it came from just doing it over and over mm-hmm. you know when you thought something just seemed so daunting and and you weren't going to be able to do it but having that belief that if you do persevere every day you're going to be able to do it mm-hmm. I can remember when I first started waitressing and it was the same when I was doing bar work anything like that where you have to There's just so much information you need all at once, really. (laughs) You need to know the layout. You need to know the system that's in place. You need to know the menu. You need to know the prices. You need to know what the specials are. You need to know what the chef expects of you. You need to know what the customers expect of you. You need to know this. You need to know that. You need to know the table numbers. All these, it just seems like this massive amount of information that you've got to absorb and I can remember just sort of having a talk with myself and just saying just just keep going day by day in two weeks time you know you're going to find this a lot easier you know learning to drive all these things that just seem so difficult you watch somebody else doing it and you think it looks easy remember that with learning to drive well this doesn't look so hard especially when you know you're going to 
be coming up to learning how to drive. So you're, you know, you're watching your parents drive or whatever. You think, yeah, that doesn't look so hard. And then you get into the car the first time for your first driving test. And it's a blimey, this is really hard. There are all these things that I need to know all at once. And it's, and I can't just, I just can't make everything work how it's supposed to work. But of course you do learn and then it all just becomes automatic. It becomes second nature. And, and you know, all of a sudden you can just be focusing on what's going on around you and not thinking about the mechanics of how to drive. So it's, I think it's important to when we're faced with a new task that seems really daunting and everybody else makes it look so easy and why can't I do it and all the rest of it is tapping into a time when, you know, when you were learning something that now you take for granted. It's just it's second nature. You can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, going back to this piece that she talked about here is the desire to learn, mm. the desire to improve means I don't need to get frustrated that I didn't master it the first time I got behind the wheel of the car. But I want to get a little better each time. I want to figure it out until obviously that skill is well developed. But that taking it in stride that you are going to have to work at it. You are going to have to develop your skills you're going to have to work on incorporating new experience into your old experience until you improve. And she really highlighted this a lot in this episode. Basically, high performers can break down longer-term goals into shorter-term little things. They see ways to see their progress in the small steps. Mm. I feel like we, we just need to get Angela Duckworth and James Clear and some of these other people together and have this powerhouse mm. discussion about these things. But again, the idea that it's actually important to be a little bit dissatisfied with how things are going because that keeps you going, keeps you wanting to improve. And unfortunately, for many of us, when we don't experience it, when we say, oh, this is good enough, there's no room for improvement. There's no need mm. to keep working on it. And she talked about that even in you know writing a paper or writing a book. You know, she says, I'm never 100% satisfied that that paper is the best it could possibly be. Doesn't mean I'm going to keep working on that same paper, but I leave open the option that I can improve how I did in that. And it makes that whole concept of life being a lifelong learning journey really important. Keeps us moving forward, keeps us working toward accomplishing more, learning more, developing more. I was thinking about this and then she talked about it in the episode because of course, maybe other people do this the way I do, maybe you do. I always try to listen to the topic and think, how does this apply to me? Do I have this? Do I not have this? Should I work on this more or am I pretty good with this? And I really thought, hmm, I wonder how I would score on the grit scale because I often give up on things pretty quickly or if I'm not already good at it, I don't engage much time into it. You know, I've recently been thinking more about, I really want to learn pottery. Hmm. That sounds so exciting to me. Mm. But if I think about how I've approached many other craft-like things, I do it for about two weeks and I'm really into it and I'm not really great at it. And so I stop and find something new. So I thought, well, I wonder if this means I don't really have much grit. Maybe I don't, I'm not gritty enough. 
one of the things that makes me question that a little bit is when she talked about um, higher education, PhD, or finishing a, some type of a certification or something. She said, basically, completion of this requires stick-to-itiveness. <laughs> and I thought that's so true. And in my work with the fasting method, you know, people who want to reverse their health concerns or want to lose a significant amount of weight, it's not about the talent. It's not about the skill. It is about the grit. Mm. It's the stick-to-itiveness. Will you keep doing the daily effort it takes to keep improving? I think it's very interesting. And I, I was thinking the same thing as, as we were talking. And was also when, when I was talking about that learning to drive and when you were talking about, you know, the end goal and the motivation. And I'm like you. I'm, I'm quite often I'll start something and I'll, and I'll get frustrated and I won't carry on with it. But it, it does go to show how important that drive, that why is. There was no way I was not going to learn how to drive. I was deeply frustrated with how difficult I found it. I was expecting to be more talented, going back to your definition of talent, than I was. But I still, I mean, I, I practiced with my mom and I did some practice when I was out uh, seeing my dad in, in Thailand, did some practice there, although, yeah, driving with my father was not a very good idea. Um, but <laughs> he's such a perfectionist. He was so nitpicky. He was like, right, that's it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But I did have a fair amount of practice, but I think I only had something like six driving lessons and I passed first time. So there, there definitely was some some talent there I did there was a lot of luck as well with the the conditions for the test and all the rest of it but it wouldn't have mattered if I'd have failed that first time I would have passed the next time or the time after that because there was no way on earth I was not going to learn how to drive driving for me at that point was was freedom you know we lived out in the middle of nowhere in the country my my mum has never been very good at driving us around to places so if I wanted to get to go out with friends and all the rest of it I needed to drive <laughs> so there was no way on earth that that wasn't going to happen you know it just was my focus my determination my grit my end goal everything all those ducks were in a row but it makes me think well yeah so if you really want something bad enough there's nothing you won't do to get there so what is it that's missing <laughs> when it comes to whatever, losing weight, fasting, you know, in the arena we're in or learning pottery or whatever it is, what is, what is the bit that's missing that makes you not get to that end goal? Mm -hmm. And knowing I don't have to have all of the talent to get started, but how can I make the daily progress? Mm. That perseverance piece. Yeah, because that's the bit that makes the difference. Absolutely. That's the bit that gets you there. So if anyone listening thinks the way I think in hearing something like this, one of the questions I always have is like, okay, so I like this concept. Yeah, how do I get more? <laughs> how do I get more of that? How do I get grittier? I want to be gritty. <laughs> that's right. So I read an article of someone who kind of summarized her book, and her book is called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And they summarized her steps. And the first one is 
having an overarching vision that the purpose behind what you do, whether it's your job or career or something else that you're doing, to really see it as a calling and again, the other oriented purpose. So even if it is something that will benefit you, which hopefully it is, that you being healthier or you being happier in your career or whatever that is, that that also affects other people in your life and affects your customers, affects, you know, your community or or whatever. But to see that as, you know, more overarching rather than a very limited goal. Yeah, I think that's where things like... um losing weight and improving my health because I want to be able to play football with my grandchildren mm-hmm. is going to get you there more than, oh, yeah, I just want to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to be, you know, if you can really have that clear vision and all the pleasure that comes from it, not only from you, but for the grandchildren and for the family, it's... Yeah, like you say, it's this sort of higher purpose. And and the, the military, you know, you, you've spoken about, you did some studies at West Point and all the rest of it. Well, of course, they've got that clear for, well, not for queen and country anymore, if you're in the UK. It's king and country, but you know what I mean. It's that mm-hmm. higher purpose is, is there, that strong thread running all the way through, isn't it? That they they really, if they've really got that, that's their mm-hmm. higher purpose, that any personal discomfort is almost irrelevant. Absolutely. Yeah, I like the way you're focusing that on. There probably will be some personal discomfort. Mm. And so there has to be a bigger why. There has to be a purpose that is meaningful enough. Also talked about the next step being the goal pyramid. So the idea that, you know, having passion and excitement, going back to what I said about me and crafts, I can get really excited about it and then kind of drop off but that we need a coherent goal structure. And this is something that kind of structures your daily tasks so that the smaller goals and tasks that you're doing feed into your larger goals. And you have to kind of see how those fit in. I can think of an example in my current work that we talk have been talking a lot lately about time-restricted eating. And people are wanting to do really long fasts, like let me do a three-day fast, let me do a four-day fast. And that's exciting. Mm. But if you aren't doing the steps to get there, to get your body ready and to have your body able to utilize the benefits of that, you're not going to see the progress. And so the smaller step of doing time-restricted eating builds into this much bigger step when your body's ready. So this having a coherent goal structure, I think is really important. Mm, That's a good point. Seeing where all the pieces fit and how important they are to stabilize what you see as the bigger goals, what you see as the sort of tick off your listable type goals. But yeah, you don't get to You don't get to do that solid tick unless you've done Mm -hmm. all those smaller ones, all those small steps. So celebrating the small steps. Yes. And celebrating is such an important part because it's easy to celebrate the big accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Those are very obvious for us. But celebrating, acknowledging, tracking the small steps is what helps us get our momentum going. But I think if if you've got this very strong vision of of this pyramid and the importance that 
all those small steps are making up that foundation. If you've got a very strong vision of, of where and how they fit in and the importance of them, then you're more likely to celebrate them, aren't you? Because you're not going to get those seemingly bigger ones mm -hmm. if you haven't got those small ones. So that's why it's important to celebrate the small ones because the big ones will come crumbling down if you haven't got the foundation of the small ones. That's right. Or they'll just be perpetually unachievable. Yeah. The next step talked about um, recognizing the difference between quality and quantity of time that you need to spend on tasks. And oftentimes people think only of the quantity. How many hours? How often do I have to practice this? And perseverance does say you will practice it often. I think it was in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, and talked about people who are very well known in their field, expert violinist or pianist or tennis player or whatever, computer programmer. They're not just smart or they're not just talented. They've spent tens of thousands of hours playing that violin, playing basketball, mm. programming on a computer. So the time, the quantity of hours certainly makes a difference but the quality. And oftentimes people kind of plateau or you know, stop making progress when they don't use what she refers to as stretch goals, things that do push you forward a little bit more, get you reaching for improvement rather than just putting in the hours doing the same thing that you've been doing. And with that, Angela Duckworth says, basically, you want to keep asking yourself, am I getting better at this? And if not, what do I need to do to get better at it? How can I improve? The next one is gritty people are optimists. When they encounter obstacles, they persevere. And this is, again, kind of that push-pull of having something that helps you see the reason to keep going, bringing in what you and I've talked about before and Others know that I talk about this topic a lot of the time is having a growth mindset. You're not going to get really good at something right away, or you're not going to achieve the big goal right away. But if you see how it contributes to where you're headed and measure your progress in those small steps, it's going to be really important. Gritty people are also future oriented in this optimism. They don't expect everything to be perfect, but they're still aiming toward perfection. They're still aiming toward completion. And being future focused really helps with that. Angela Duckworth also encourages an example of a one-year commitment. So if you are a parent with kids and they want to play soccer or they want to play piano or something, that you really encourage them to have a year commitment so if three weeks in, they decide I really don't enjoy soccer, they've made a commitment and stick with it because this helps us learn to persevere and to continue moving forward, getting out of that plateau. Another important step would be to find a role model. Find someone who you see as having grit and maybe in the specific work or thing that you're working on. So finding a role model who has achieved that, or maybe it's even a role model in a totally different field, but that you can make the comparison. Yeah. Mm. You know, this person gets up at 5 a.m. and gets in the pool every day. I'm certainly not getting up at 5 a.m. and getting in a pool, and I don't want to become an Olympic swimmer. 
But I need to recognize Michael Phelps did not become an Olympic swimmer sitting back on the couch. Mm. He did get up at five. He did the things that were hard. He persevered. He stretched himself. So finding a role model really was the last big one that she recommended. But I think all of these are important. And sometimes I think knowing a concept like this gives me something to check back in with myself about. Am I demonstrating grit right now? Is there a way I could delve into this more? Is there a way I could be grittier right now? So now that's going to be my new frame of uh, reference for myself. And as I said, in my work with clients, to recognize we would all love the results to happen very easily and quickly. It's just not reality in life. And I think using this concept of grit can be so valuable for so many of us. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'm just, you know, it's just all sort of churning over while you're talking and figuring out the components that you need to have the grit. Yes, the, the grit gets you where you're going, but how do you, how do you generate that grit? What are the important parts of the puzzle that, enable you to tap into that grit and I think that's that's what's difficult sometimes like I say thinking back to learning to drive yeah there was there was just no way that that wasn't going to happen but then I think of other things that I've struggled with more I don't have that same tunnel vision if you like that gives me the grit and determination that I need to get there so yes it's just, it's just got me to thinking, you know, what are the different key components that I need to bring in to to tap into that grit that I know is there. Mm-hmm. And I and I think most people can think of a time when they tapped into that grit. Most of us have it and we've used it at some point and we can probably all think of a time when we did it. So we know we can do it. I think that's important, Daisy, to think about kind of translating of skills or translating of successes in one area of our life. And so, as you said, if I focus on where have I used grit in my life? Where have I been gritty? Oh, I did it when it was related to that goal. Why was I so committed to that? And why was I willing to take those complicated steps to get there? And then translate that into the current goal that we're working on or the accomplishment that we want to move toward is to think, okay, well, I, I did this when it came to you know starting my own business. Mm. How does that apply to doing this job or engaging in this aspect of my life? Because maybe something doesn't need changing. Maybe the reason you can't muster the grit that you need is that you need to change the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shouldn't feel like you're just pounding your head, you know, on the table. It it should feel like it's worth doing those steps. And I know you've heard me say this before and other people have probably. I remember Marissa Peer talks about this a little differently, but one of the things she said is if you really want something, you will talk to yourself differently about it. And when she was staying up until 2 a.m. writing her book, it would have been easy to say this stinks everyone else is sleeping. I want to go get in bed. That she persevered because she knew this was going somewhere. She was writing a book that was going to help thousands of thousands of people. Her voice needed to be heard. 
So suddenly, you know, sitting there at 1 a.m. typing wasn't a negative experience. Mm. So either the goal has to change or our way of looking at what it takes has to change. Yes, as you mentioned early on, you need that interest. Mm -hmm. And it might be that to get the interest is actually just a shift in perspective. Mm -hmm. You might not be changing the goal or you might not actually be changing anything, you just might be changing the way you look at it. So no, very interesting. Lots of things to think about there. Yeah. So I mentioned very briefly at the beginning that this would be the last episode of the year. And anyone who's looking at the dates and looking at where we're at know that I get very confused with the timeline. We're actually, when we're recording this and when it's coming out, I think we're only about a a week ahead. But we decided that we would take a purposeful pause going back to last week (laughs) of two weeks where we didn't have to come up with content just to give each other a bit of a break, really, um, where we could focus on some other things over the holidays. I know you Americans start your holidays earlier, but ours don't really kick off until Christmas. So just to give us a chance of a bit of a break, um, but we are going to each pick an old episode. So there will be something coming out for the two weeks over the Christmas and New Year break. So I guess we just really wanted to take this opportunity to wish you a happy ongoing holidays if you're in the States. A Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a Happy Holidays. I never know what to say to cover all bases. (laughs) I hope whatever people are doing at this time of the year that they will take some time to focus on themselves, their self-care and thoughts about, you know, reflecting on things. You and I have talked before about the whole, I have a struggle with the concept of New Year's resolutions and things, and I'm sure we'll touch on that again. But just to take this time as a reflection, it's the passing of time. For some people, it's a holiday season, but it's a significant change for many people. And so I hope people will just give themselves some time of kind of inward reflection during this time, maybe listen to our two episodes that we choose And then we'll look forward to seeing you again in January. Take good care, everybody. Have a wonderful week, wonderful year. (laughs) 